All right, one, two. Okay, so beginning of the podcast, um, this is Matthew. I'm here with uh, my friend Andre, and my roommate uh, Jake is in the background also. Hey, we guys, also have... how's it going? Like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, we also have this cat, uh, Miguel, here. So Sorry, no, that no, is that's Monday's, Monday's cat. cat. That's a fail. Uh, you can maple. take that out in post. No, but that's the thing is we don't do the editing. No post. I'm also talking way differently now that it's recorded. No, you're not. Anyways, okay, so Am the... I? You're talking the same. I, okay, I still cool. were self-conscious. Anyway, okay. so uh, this podcast... <laughs> oh, okay, what did Maple just do? I don't know. Okay, so this podcast, um, I wanted to talk about uh, climate change, maybe a little bit slight debate, maybe. Andre's sure. smiling. Yeah. I mean, or, or not, not debate, discussion, right? Because... Discussion. I think we have... Yeah, I guess Andre has a view of sort of climate change that I sort of see a lot of people have. And I have kind of a different view from different things I've read and want to talk about it, explore, yeah, kind of understand this, this area. Because, like, I think there's some stat that, like, over half of, like, the world population, like, believes that the world is going to, like, end with climate change and that there's, and that it affects, I forget what the stat was. See, this is why we should have, like, yeah. <laughs> so for one, I don't know if over half of the world population. That sounds like, way. how the hell are they going to random sample the world population? That sounds like yeah. total bullshit. And also, the end of the world is very extreme. Like, I That's don't true. believe that, I'm pretty pessimistic about climate change. And yeah. I don't believe that the end of the world is coming this century because of climate change. Uh, okay. But, yeah. So, what, like... What would you say are, because didn't you, you say really like by the time we're age 60, let's just go over, what do you see as the dangers of climate change that's coming down the pipe for us in our lifetimes or after that's kind of like worrying? I think the biggest dangers of climate change um, don't have to do with climate change directly, like damaging huge amounts of people but it's the effects that cause climate change and how societies and governments will react and probably not react that will is where the damage will come from i think so if you like think about um rising sea levels and how that'll affect uh south asia and how there's a possibility that we could have half a billion climate refugees by 2050 um i mean it's not climate change directly hurting people Mm -hmm. it's the fact that half a billion refugees is going to be such an enormous strain on the rest of the world uh that i can't imagine it not causing um a lot of violence and political tension and Mm -hmm. and uh issues like that I mean, if you look at how how much uh, tension was caused by uh, the Syrian refugees that went mm-hmm. to Europe because of the the conflicts in the Middle East, that was, what, 10 million people? Wow. At most. Okay. And, I mean, it caused pretty significant issues in Europe. Yeah, definitely. And that's 10 million people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about up to a billion people by the end of the century will be climate refugees potentially and that's mostly from bangladesh uh a lot of yeah bangladesh is gonna be a 
a pretty, um, not mostly, but not mostly that one area, but that's probably will be the most uh, dense area that will be um, rendered like completely underwater and everyone will need to move, I guess. Okay, so, so overall you see, like what other problems do you see besides, uh, oh. Hello, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Hello. Nice, nice to meet you. you. Andre. Nice to meet you. Sorry, what's your names? Andre. Matthew. Andre Matthew, nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, so... Uh, Leaving that in. Oh, yeah, there's, right, there's, there's no editing. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you see... What it was... <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> so you see... Here, should we close it? Okay, so we see there's, like, so one main problem is um, rising sea levels causing a lot of displacement, people's displacement from their homes yeah. and, and refugees. Is that the main problem or, like, what other other problems? No, I wouldn't say that's the main problem. Um, I mean, I couldn't tell you, like, which specific um, aspect of climate change will be the most in- inherently damaging, but... Um, the scariest thing to me is that uh, the climate and its systems are so interconnected um, that one one system getting out of equilibrium uh, will cause positive feedback loops mm. in so many other things um, that eventually the warming of the planet will be run away in a way that we can't stop it even if we mm-hmm. got our act together and had some world war ii level global initiative to fight it so for example uh i feel like this is my favorite example because it's easy to visualize and makes sense for a lot of people but uh white ice reflects a lot of sunlight and we call that albedo mm-hmm. so as ice melts that white surface area that used to reflect the vast majority of energy that hits it turns into dark ocean water that mm-hmm. absorbs most of the energy that hits it. So if you, I couldn't give you exact numbers, but if all the ice on the planet were to melt, um, you're taking in so much more energy just by default that you would have to effectively like cool the planet um no i'm not describing it very well no you are but um it it would have it would raise the baseline energy intake of the planet so much that climate change becomes that much harder to solve yeah and that's just one example of that i mean another example is um uh, the climate warming and increasing wildfires and then the trees being burned, putting carbon mm-hmm. in the air, which warms the planet, which causes more wildfires. Yeah, okay. And all of these things are so interconnected that all of the... I feel like I'm... Okay, we just had a slight interruption. Uh, we're resuming. You were talking about positive feedback loops. No, I was talking about how hard it is to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm being so self-critical. No, no, no dude. I'm, like, okay. tripping that's, over my own That's really, words. really not true, Andre. Okay. Okay. You're making very, very good points. Okay, and definitely you, better you. points than almost anyone makes. So, like, uh, okay, so overall, the worries are 
Number positive one, positive feedback loops yeah. are the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, the longer we delay stopping the climate warming, um, the harder it's going to be to fix. And then yeah. eventually it'll get to a point where it'll be out of the possibility of human yeah. capability to fix it without like massive geoengineering uh, projects. I see. Okay. So. Yeah, the effects, there's effects in the century in our lifetimes, but the bigger thing is this point of no return, mm. um, or not necessarily point of no return, but just positive feedback loops. Uh, yeah, ice melting, trees burning, um, et cetera, that, that will just sort of cause, it just get harder and harder to solve. Yeah. Okay, so let me <laughs> address those. So uh, let's see, should we start with positive? Okay, so... Yeah, these positive feedback loops is an interesting idea, and it's definitely an interesting concern with climate change. Um, and also when we talk, we should clarify sort of what we're talking about, because you can imagine sort of a probability distribution over, like... Okay, just close our car, so hopefully that helps a little. But, okay, so... You can imagine a probability distribution over like all the possible outcomes of climate change. So it's it's uncertain, right? We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But mm -hmm. so if you imagine like the 99th percentile, like worst outcome, mm -hmm. or like 99.9th, when you're worried about that kind of thing, then I think it um, makes a lot of sense to worry about these positive feedback loops, et cetera, in terms of this uh, low probability existential risk. Um, so yeah, I'm on board with that. But then if we're talking more about the most likely outcome or the ex expected outcome. Um, so I'll let, maybe, maybe we can think about that in, in these terms. So, uh, so okay, so to the positive feedback loops. Uh, so one, one of these is ice melting and then the like libido of the earth. Albedo. Or albedo, albedo, not like libido. Okay, That's so. what we call like the reflectiveness yeah, 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 of yeah. the surface. Yeah. 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 So just for context, so, uh, you know, white stuff like you know if you have the color white it it, it doesn't get as hot because mm -hmm. it reflects more uh of the light yeah the light coming energy. from the sun yeah. so if you know like the on the street right if it's painted over white then that part is just not as hot as the black top because mm -hmm. the, the the color black right is absorbing much more heat so mm -hmm. what andre was saying is that if you have white snow that's bouncing off a lot more light than mm -hmm. if you have dark water and that causes the earth to warm more so, uh, yes, and this definitely can be a positive feedback effect, but I just kind of question how, whether that will cause the, the runaway. And I, I think one thing you said, which I noticed you're the, uh, Andre showed that the, the, there's a, a video of a lecture on YouTube by some, oh, some professor. I to bring this up, but I don't know <laughs> should because that's it's fine. We don't information have information that the, yeah. the listeners don't have. So, but I remember in that lecture, there was also the comment of like, if all the ice sheets melted, then um, then X Y Z would happen. But uh, I think like the the ice sheets totally melting, right? Like the um, or, the blue ocean event. Yeah, is what that. So called. so the Arctic Ocean, right? Is mm -hmm. um, is is melting more, and and I think at at some point or maybe already we have a fully liquid mm -hmm. uh, ocean in the summer. Has that already happened or? Uh, I haven't been following, but okay. I know that if it hasn't already happened, then it's 
gotten very close to happening yeah. and will likely happen. Yeah. I would say we have a blue ocean event. So uh-huh. no ice. Um yeah. by twenty thirty. Okay. Well, I could see that happening. Yeah. But so actually the amount of ice in Antarctica, the like the in the south, I guess people will probably know that the South, south. Pole <laughs> <laughs> That uh amount of ice sheet is actually uh, increased. Mm-hmm. For actually unknown reasons, which was not over what to, period of time? I don't know, but it's I don't know. It's larger now than it was in the past. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know by like how much. Okay, we could look this up. Yeah, we should. But so yeah, so if that trend continues, which probably won't, but like the the total amount of ice will not um will not fully just go away, and then a, another factor is is just the like latent heat. So just like if you have like, you know, a giant chunk of ice and then mm-hmm. put it in your house, it's not going to just instantly turn to water. It'll take uh, many hours to cool down. See, that's the scary thing about climate change. Yeah. Is it's such an, uh, an inertial um, I process yeah, yeah. that like, say we were to stop burning uh, fossil fuels today yeah. uh, and go fully renewable right now. Uh, it would we would probably still be experience experiencing warming for the next 20 30 years because yeah, it, it's such a slow inertial yeah. process yeah because like the um the amount of carbon the rate that we're putting carbon dioxide in the atmosphere right well we could stop now but there's still like more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than there used to be so it's still going to be like warmer and there's still warming up and same with uh, sea level rise. That process is, is very, very slow. So at least I was reading on like the NASA website, like what we do today with respect to changing fossil fuel emissions, it's not really going to affect sea level rise like this century, basically, because no. it's just such a slow moving uh, uh, loop. So, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's true. And some of the like climate change like sort of like lukewarmers i was reading probably don't really take that into account much as like the long-term effect but mm-hmm. um i don't want to bounce around topics too much so so yeah i guess i sort of question some of these positive feedback loops i'm on board with them if we're worried about the unlikely worst case scenario but if we're talking about the most what's likely, the worst case scenario i mean worst case scenario would just be eight degrees of warming <laughs> i mean like like whatever the the uncertainty is about what climate change will turn out just like you know just like how bad it it could possibly go um which yeah i i believe the ipcc which is the the uh international big organization that puts out all these yeah. papers uh predicting climate says that bi- the worst case scenario for business as usual which is we just keep going as yeah. we are don't really um convert to renewable energy on any significant scale uh-huh. we could see eight or eight and a half degrees of warming by 2100 and uh i just want to give another quick sorry is that worst case like unlikely or like that's definitely what will happen if worst we case keep... is that's pretty unlikely eight degrees okay. of warming yeah, yeah. is a yeah. is an unimagined yeah. like an unprecedented amount of warming in yeah. this amount of time. Yeah. Um, so, for example, some context is that uh, when the world was on average four degrees colder than it was now, 
Mm. Uh, about 10,000 years ago, we were in the Ice Age. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, that is a completely different climate that uh-huh. was like unimaginably different right. for people to imagine now, you know? Yeah. So uh, There would be giant glaciers in San Francisco right now yeah. if we were four degrees cooler. Yeah. So if you think about that, the difference between negative four degrees and zero, and then you think about what zero and positive four degrees could look like, then that's also a completely different uh, inhospitable world. And then now, what is plus eight going to look like? You know? Okay, so I, uh, am I going to say the word double click? I think I will. What's Ooh, double sadly. click? It is one of these strange freaking uh, business jargon terms that they use apparently, which uh, means to, to, I don't know, to like continue. I don't know, like if you're double clicking on a link. But see, what do you, you don't even double click on a fucking link. So like. Yeah, you double, what, you double click on a application. Don't yeah, you know, right? people use like freaking like Microsoft Windows See, or business people don't know anything. It's so freaking weird. <laughs> but okay, so I will, uh, will I say this? Yeah, I will double, <laughs> no, I can't say this. I will, I will drill down, I don't know. Okay, on, on, on what you said about, uh, so four degrees you say is inhospitable. Uh, well, yeah, we couldn't have the world as it looks like right now with eight or nine billion people if it were the ice age. I mean, and we're talking about Celsius, guys, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for all you Americans out there. Um, if we're the Ice Age, okay, so, yeah, right, but so with four degrees of heating, will it will be inhospitable? So, like, what, what about... I don't think it's possible to, with four degrees of warming, to have a world that looks like it does now. Yeah, and so, by the way, I think, um, I think, based on what, what I read, four degrees Celsius is probably, like, the most likely amount of warming we'll see by like 2100 right uh it's the it's a very likely amount of warming even with moderate um action against climate change okay okay yeah so like that's probably like i mean i hope to be alive on 2100 probably not but like that uh that that's probably like the amount of warming we'll be looking at i think we're we're almost at plus two right now I believe. We're at like 1.8 above pre-industrial averages. I don't think quite. I think we're at around 1 degree C or maybe a little higher. Because remember the IPCC was talking about like, we need to keep it to 1.5. Yeah, and then they changed it to 2 because they realized, yeah, there's no way we're going to be able to keep it under 1.5. Yeah. So, um, okay, so 4 degree C, uh, you're saying is inhospitable. So is that because of... To 9 billion people. I would say so. And is that because of uh, rising sea levels or, or what? Uh, well, we have to feed those 9 billion people, right? right. And uh, most of the, I believe other than like northern Canada and Siberia, uh, the warmer it gets, the worse crop output will be pretty much everywhere in the world. So we're either going to need to find some way to create uh soylent for everyone <laughs> okay soylent for everyone probably not <laughs> or we're gonna need fewer mouths to feed or everyone's gonna need to consume less yeah so this reminds me of a uh, paul ehrlich and like population bomb so in like the 70s there was this like gigantic scare with this guy named paul ehrlich who like i don't know if you wrote a book or like did some calculations showing that hey at current levels of population growth we're going to run out of land and with current crop yields uh 
everyone will massively starve. So like we need to like stop having kids. Otherwise there'll be some insane mass starvation once we hit like, I don't know what it was like in the nineties or 2000. Uh, not, you know, not, not to needless to say that did not happen. And the reason why is because of the, like the green revolution, which was like one of the most amazing things ever. Yeah. Uh, where some guy who we don't even remember the name of names of invented, uh, like more, yeah. And, and just more, uh, more efficient crops with like, with like higher yield, less land. So we were able to like feed more people. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I bet like, you know, I can't say for sure, but I, I bet like if that, um, was true that the, that with a, a warmer world, there'd be less, uh, land. I, I bet we'd, uh, figure out how to feed everyone. <laughs> we seem to be like, you know, we, we've way more food than we need yeah. produced right now. So that's I, true. I, I don't think that feeding the world population is, um, ever going to be a, a problem going forward unless we have some kind of like nuclear winter, but yeah, that's a good point. And I'm talking a lot about um population size here, but I do yeah. want to like make sh- sure that we go over the fact that like the richest 10% of the world consumes like 90% of energy. Like yeah. the western lifestyle is so uh damaging to the yeah. climate and so resource intense that it's not fair to count all 9 billion people as equally um resource oh cool yeah right you know because we like eat our cow meats right which cows have to eat like shitload of wheat or whatever versus we can just like eat the wheat directly and it's like a lot less uh Mm -hmm. so yeah they're definitely yeah so i think in terms of food uh we'd be fine but so not in terms of food what other like reasons would you say that four degrees c would be an unhospitable world for nine billion people in 2100 or 10 billion people could be 10 Hopefully eleven. Oh, it'll be more than that by twenty one hundred. I thought I I read that the the world population will level out around nine billion because with with a uh, lower fer- fertility rates, as countries get richer. Yeah, but that's not lower fertility rates everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean this is just from TED Talk. Like, could easily be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but assuming we have ten billion people, so you you don't think the world will be able to support that at four degrees C warming? Well, I'm not sure. If we have another green revolution, then yeah, but. That's also more people that are expecting uh, an unsustainable Western lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, when uh, when how many more billion people are going to want uh, single-family housing and cars <laughs> and, and uh, TVs and all that? Um, I mean, how much more are we going to have to burn to create all that for them? Um, so even if we can feed them, which we probably will be able to, um, how much more we need to burn in terms of like to make energy usage. Yeah. Or plastics. I mean, people think that we can just instantly go to wind and solar right now for everything. But if we give up oil completely, Mm -hmm. no more pharmaceuticals, no more, I mean, most, uh, medication is oil-based right is there a way i mean, I, I have no idea about this or about plastics i think plastics come from but is there plastics a way to make that from oil. is there a way to make that without too much like emission i mean that's probably a very small percentage of carbon emissions right like plastics uh i'm not sure yeah i think i mean i have heard and, it, so. uh, yeah i'm not sure and i i'm not leaning either way so i don't know um but yeah i mean if Climate change is so, it's all in, encompassing of like everything humans have done to hurt the planet. And mm-hmm. um, 
and missions aren't the only thing we're doing. So, I mean, there's microplastics all the way through the food chain now, and um, we're only just now beginning to to realize and research the damage that consuming plastic does to organisms and humans. So yeah, not great for sperm I count. I mean, no, it's horrendous for sperm count and and testosterone levels, and we're only just now seeing that. And that is plastic that is gonna last until we have bacteria or some organism mm-hmm. that can break it down and who knows what those organisms will break it down into it could be some compound that's even more toxic who knows okay so you're just getting but that was more just like a like side example yeah that was just yeah. a tangent it's like we're just messing up the environment yeah that was just to explain that climate change and sustainability isn't just burning fossil fuels uh-huh it's so it's so many other things so like there's other environmental problems that are affecting our health or like yeah or i mean just becoming sustainable as a species with with the resources we have it would be impossible with um a planet this size and the resources we have to build everyone their own car you know that is completely unsustainable and and that that's only happened in this country because uh in the western world because we they were the first to develop yeah um yeah so like the yeah american lifestyle wouldn't uh scale american lifestyle is not scalable or sustainable yeah okay. surprising huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean so i think that that should be fine because like um not everyone has to you know live we'll, we'll probably adapt to whatever we can but and like there's seven billion people uh, alive right now mostly in like middle income settings and mm-hmm. seem to have enough cars or like lack, lack of cars in the world is it's probably not um, do you think that those people look up to people in the western world and wish they had our lifestyle yes 100%. yeah, yeah I, I would say so as well yeah and um, so we can have another podcast later on probably immigration or something but yeah i think we should have a lot more lenient immigration policies but, but probably shouldn't say this at the podcast but I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's an it, yeah. interesting subject. Okay, think so think about how, um, the the topic of outlawing meat or beef consumption in the U.S. Mm-hmm. How much that angers people. Yeah, I mean, it would. Uh, I mean, not anger me, but I would completely not, not support me, that at all. But it would anger a lot of people, right? Uh, yes, because you're telling them that they're not allowed to eat um, yeah. beef. <laughs> but that's not an issue for a lot of people in India either. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the, the expectations of the people. Yeah. The hedonic treadmill sure. is a very human <laughs> yeah, experience. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And, uh, keeping people from having something they've never experienced is one thing, but if you were to take away something that, uh, a very spoiled privileged population has had then i would imagine that those people would get angry and not want those rules put upon them so you're like the american people like 2100 we're not going to be able to eat cows and no that's no, i'm yeah, just saying like if that law were to be proposed or passed it would make a lot of people very angry yeah i think rightfully so right and people uh, like their their cow meat yeah we just yeah, I mean, nice you could say rightfully <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, we don't 
I couldn't tell you all the externalities of like a pound of meat. So yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, I did just order a vegetarian plate at my at uh, whatever. So did I. Yeah, cheers to that. Oh, okay, um, nice. But if you think about Jake got beef, so we can blame him for climate change. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, well, I mean, here's another tangent. I don't think that meat is as bad as most environmentalists say it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know if I want to get into it. It, I mean, now the, the people are going to Should we get, get into it? Just get into it, and then I want okay, to go back I'll, to... Okay, I'll get into it quickly, then but... Then I want to go The cliff notes of my position is that... Um, <clears throat> animals turn food and land that we can't eat or grow food on into meat, into food that is very nutritious. Yeah. And um, by completely outlawing meat, that land and food would just become unusable and garbage. So I don't think that uh, outlawing meat completely is a very smart thing to do. Yeah, and so for also for climate change, right, like, uh, you know, greenhouse emissions, like, from agriculture, like, is one slice of the pie, and then one slice of that pie is, like, from from specifically from from meat and stuff, so it's it's not like uh become vegetarian and you solve climate change. It's not not you know, the math. It really does not quite work out on that one. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, also with you, know, airplanes is just I don't know exactly, but just a few few percentage points of of total greenhouse gas emissions. So yeah, like you know, like uh, two I think. Yeah, it's it's a, you and know, it's, it's still like, an enormous number. Yeah, so it's not like you know these these uh yeah, premature optimization right like skinny, but so yeah so uh okay so now I want to get back to the topic of okay so I'm still so. Your goal here is convince me that four degrees C, twenty one hundred is inhospitable, cannot sustain, uh, cannot sustain ten billion people like living happy, happy lives. I want to hear. I don't have enough. Okay. I yeah, I don't have enough data in my mind. Yeah. If I could Google, and come back to you, I could. But (laughs) okay, maybe we could do we could do that. The point of me saying that was most people can picture the ice age and how different of a world that was, but. Um, so, so much more the world was covered in ice back then and uh, it would be impo- like yeah. I don't want to say it'd be impossible but 9 billion people back then probably yeah. couldn't live as well as 9 billion people do right now and 9 billion people also probably won't be able to live which with such a high quality of life as we do right now so nine I mean if everyone were to live um with a what's the word uh n- if everyone were to consume as much as your average citizen of India yeah then 9 billion people would be no problem Okay so you're also seeing like the consumption yeah so that's I think that's another like good point of like problem that some a lot of environmentalists make is that they look at like current american consumption levels and then just be like oh if every single person did that then we would not be able to sustain and it's like yeah like yeah. no shit if every person <laughs> did that right now we would yeah i mean yeah. It, it, technically there's too many people doing that right now the amount of people do living that way right now is not sustainable um in, you mean in terms of like emissions and also well the fact that the climate it just keeps warming. Yeah. And 
it shows that it's not sustainable right, right now. Clearly, at some point, we will, like, yeah, I'm totally on board that, like, at some point, we need to get emissions down to zero, but... I, I'm, well, it'll have to be negative eventually because yeah. we've put so much like in. Like recapture. Yeah. Um, Which okay. is also, like, all of these IPCC reports and other climate studies and predictions, like, a huge amount of solving climate change goes to carbon capture and sequestration cool. yeah which is basically science fiction at this point really like very doing it on the scale we would need to right now is like won't be financially feasible and we don't have the technology to do it on that scale anyway yeah okay so i'll backtrack and then give uh kind of my position on some stuff and then like continue on the carbon sequestration because it's a super interesting topic so I guess, uh, and I, I'm interested in researching this more too, because if it's like four, four degrees C is this like super ice age, you know, four degrees colder C is this mm-hmm. like super ice age, like, yeah, what would it, uh, exactly four degrees warmer C look like? Would it be this, uh, this Sahara desert hellscape thing? But um, based on what I've like read and stuff, so four degrees C warmer from now um, is a problem. It's a very large problem. Uh, we would pro- probably be, the biggest problem would be the the rising sea levels. So, uh, a lot of countries like Bangladesh and uh, low-lying countries would have to uh, build a lot of dams. A lot of adaptation would be required. Uh, definitely cost a lot of GDP. Like I forget what the figure is, but something like I, I mean, what is the dam? It's just something like four percent of of GDP in, in twenty one hundred will be required to like according to some models to to deal with uh, deal with the issue and. Um, so a lot of these sort of large migration effects, like everyone in Bangladesh having to go move to India and then starting a war or something, um, I don't think that'll happen because I think uh, there's other adaptation strategies like building uh, dams that that could, could stop that. Like um, it just requires a, a higher degree of expenditure, which uh, will be possible then, given um, the one the slow level of of sea rise. So uh, there's plenty of time to adapt to it, and then. Also that these countries will be much, much richer at that point. So if you look at uh, like the Netherlands, that's a country that's uh, quite below, a lot of land below sea level. And then they have just like a ton of dams to <laughs> to stop that. Now, I'm not honored, <laughs> but there's, there's like, cl- clearly it, it, it's a, it's a big deal and, and it's tough, but um, like, like it, it will cause some economic costs to, to deal with these problems. But I think they're absolutely solvable. And I don't think it'll be a, a major cause of like death or anything of like, you can see like a lot of people dying, um, at, at four degrees C. Um, and I think like William Morehouse said, according to his like model, that's the, like, would be like the optimal level of, of warming like, at the time. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We can pause, but, uh, no, okay. but like, uh, I was just curious. Yeah. So, um, and it's possible that there's, uh, that we messed up with the models and there's, there's more change or like positive feedback loops. Um, I'd also be worried about a scenario where we take overly aggressive, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but if there's over, overly aggressive mitigation and we really ban fossil fuels in the developing world and then uh, they don't get the chance to have as much economic development because um, I think they're the, the, the current poverty that, that uh, a lot of developing countries have is a lot more deadly than climate change would be after economic development. So 
That's a good point. Yeah. So, so, so I, I agree with uh, rising sea levels as an issue that will be like a major headache that we'll have to deal with, um, mostly towards dams, some people moving, relocating, but it is over such a, a long, we're, we're talking about like over the next um, century, probably a, a few, few feet of sea level rise. So mm. I think we'll definitely be, uh, it will be a solvable problem. Is, is my sort of oh, opinion. I mean, about, it's yeah. a solvable problem yeah. right now, and I agree with you on all your points. I just don't agree with you on your optimism that the institutions that have the power to do anything to stop it will. Stop. I have no faith. Okay. So I mean, we've known about climate change uh, very to a, a pretty good under amount of understanding. Yeah. since like the 70s yeah. and we have yet to do anything significant yeah. and it's only gotten worse and it's only getting worse faster and it'll only continue to get worse yeah. exponentially and um nothing i mean nothing has really significantly been done yeah. and um yeah you're right we could just build dams everywhere and I agree with you that's possible. I just don't see that happening because the track record of the, the powers that be have shown that that is not something they'll do. So you're talking about, um, do you, are you talking about more about like adaptation or mitigation? So Adaptation. Oh, okay. I think we're past the point of any significant mitigation. I, well, we, I agree like we'll have to do mitigation at some points and like stop doing oh, emissions. we've been having to do mitigation yeah. for the past 50 yeah. years and we haven't yeah but i think we'll that's the disconnect here the things yeah. we should be doing and the things that are being done are completely misaligned yeah yeah i definitely agree that that's what's happening and i share your pessimism about uh, any kind of Government, much less organization of governments to get together. So who's going to build all these dams in Bangladesh? Well, I'd assume that like Bangladesh would, would do it. You know I would, uh, it would be I nice if they did. Okay, I, mean, I guess that is a good point, is right? Is Florida building dams? Uh, no, but I think they're, they're fine. No, there's, there's people buying property in Florida right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's I a mean, lot of money. I mean, isn't that kind of crazy? I mean, will Florida be underwater with... I mean, uh, with like, yeah, by the end of the century, it's predicted to a lot of it. Uh, is that true? I don't about think so. a foot underwater. Well, how, how much sea level rise are you saying? I could not sure tell. exactly. Okay. Also, um, I don't sea level rise is such a long term. Yeah. Uh, phenomenon like the worst of it won't be seen for several hundred years. Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't love talking about sea level rise because it's so. Um, far into the future that like talking about something yeah. that'll happen 200, 300 yeah. years from now yeah. doesn't mean much to a lot of people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And then it's also like more... Which more is... Work. Sorry to interrupt. No, no but that's so crazy to me. Like it just shows how much as a species like we've lost our attention span. Okay. Like uh, I, w- I did a lot of research or just for fun over the weekend about um like massive architectural projects Mm -hmm. in in history and i mean cathedrals used to take or took like 
three, four, five hundred years yeah, to build. Yeah, that was nuts. And, like, everyone involved on those projects knew they would never see the end of it. Mm-hmm. But they still did it. Yeah. Like, we don't have anything like that in the modern day, really. Uh, I, th- I think we do, right? I mean, well, look, also that is kind of crazy. Like, yeah, these cathedrals and then, like, kings would just, like, order them or whatever. And then, like, a bunch of people would die making it. I mean, they are cool, but it, it, I mean, it's super cool that they The made closest it. thing I can think of is the Sagrada Familia Was in that? Barcelona. Okay. Which uh, started in, like, 1880-something and is yeah. uh, predicted to be finished in, like, 2026. It's yeah. another cathedral. Yeah, I mean, you know, with modern, like, construction and productivity, you know, like, 300 years to, to build, a, build a building is not too far off, probably. But, uh, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, those cathedrals are, like, super cool. And it is, it is pretty inspiring how they, like, worked on it for so long. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I guess now we're mostly better at building stuff, so we can do it in shorter amounts of time. But, but, uh, but yeah, you're saying the attention span, like, we're not thinking super long-term about these kind of problems. Yeah, we're not. Like two or three hundred years into the future, yeah. for for the vast majority of people, I would think. I mean, myself included. Like I don't think of what the world will look like in yeah. the twenty fourth century much. Uh huh. Yeah. So, but that's... that is something people used to do more than we do now. So, like, what happened? Yeah. Or at least someone was Where did planning these cathedrals as a giant like vanity project or whatever. But... I mean, most. A home like a uh your average single family home and a European like cathedral aren't too uh comparable, but yeah. I mean most single family homes in the US are built to last like twenty years because that's what's most profitable. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So and then like overall like these I, I agree that we're not we're not thinking long term about like risks. Um one of them is climate change, one of them is is uh, you know, pandemics, nuclear risk, like that kind of thing. Um, oh, so many other things, yeah. Yeah, but okay, so, but, A like, lot of things are, which, of which are exacerbated by climate change. Uh... Increased risk for pandemics. Really? For... Yeah. How so? More, uh, insect-borne illness and, um... Oh, really? Yeah. Can you explain that? <laughs> Yeah, the warmer the planet gets, um, I mean, mosquitoes in, in particular, uh, the warmer the planet gets, the the bigger their, um, what's the word, their habitat okay, gets. So, like, every year mosquitoes can comfortably live, like, a few feet more north. Oh, is that and right? And then, like, a whole, all those people who lived in a previously yeah. uh, mosquito-free place might now have to start dealing with malaria and who knows what else. Uh-huh. So, all right. Stock up on bugs for everyone. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, malaria, probably not. So, so like, we have a ton of mosquitoes in the, the U.S., like, such like, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also a lot of mosquitoes in, in Africa. Africa, there's a lot of malaria. U.S., there's not. And it's it's because of, um, yeah, malaria just kind of went away in the U.S., as, as a consequence of uh, economic development, mainly, I think, in terms of... I, I don't really understand exactly why. Yeah, neither do I. But, I like, tell you. no one in the U.S. is dying of malaria. It's, it's not spreading around. It's, it's basically basically gone. Mm-hmm. So, but... And so, yeah, I guess this is... Um, also, part of my position on this stuff is that fossil fuels are this amazing sort of goose that, like, lays this golden egg of, of our, like, much improved lives uh, yeah. over, over living in extreme poverty in the past. 
Um, so yeah, it, it, even though we, we do have the side effect of climate change, but um, it is a, a massively, there's massive positive gains to be made by uh, for e- economic development of the, of the entire developing world um, using fossil fuels and uh, nuclear power, hopefully. But um, mm-hmm. Okay, but okay. <laughs> forget what we were talking about before. Uh, Wait, that's a good point. I want to yeah. stay on that point for a okay. minute. Like, the attitude that... So the the thing you just said, I got the attitude that like the final frontier goal of humanity is to like grow and develop economically, right? The, the um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like at least I I say that over the next hundred years is yeah one of the the part of the positive future of humanity. Yeah, if we don't fuck it up yeah. with nuclear war, but <laughs> but that thinking is like what got us here in the first place, like growth yeah. for the sake of growth. Um, right. Yeah. Like, why are we growing? I would say growth for the for, sake of for the sake of increased uh, human well being, and um, yeah. And, but I mean, if there were fewer people living very high quality lives versus billions of people bearing living lower quality lives, which Earth has a higher well being? Like, how would you measure that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably the fewer with more higher quality lives is better. But like the the quality of life that uh, we live now is better than basically anybody who's ever lived and true and uh, for us in the u.s that's very true and in 2100 um i think like the rest of the world will be be getting up to that mm-hmm. so that's just a we'll bit, see basically yeah so so i mean if we <laughs> nuclear war is is one button away so hopefully yeah. no nuclear hopefully no nuclear war suck. yeah okay uh so uh what were we so but so, so like yeah so i think like economic growth is underrated as a I don't think it's. I think it's rated. Okay. I don't think it's underrated. I think it's underrated, especially because it's exponential. This is a separate topic, but because it's exponential compounding, right? Like tiny changes. But that's the attitude that got us here in the first place. Like, why are we growing? Yeah. So I I, I agree. Like we had. When did we reach a billion people? Like the late eighteen hundreds. I don't know. Probably not. All right. But why do we need like? Well, I think more from like ut- utilitarian perspective, yeah. um, more people having the same quality of life here is better. It's just more. But more... they probably won't have the same quality of life. Um, if they're yeah, it would probably have to be like other planets or that kind of thing that would have like if you get to like a trillion humans or something. But how realistic is <laughs> is planet like colonizing other planets? Not very realistic in any. And uh, also, let's be honest, like how badly would it suck to live on Mars? Uh, it would suck a lot. You'd probably have to live in like some windowless underground yeah. hole to avoid radiation. <laughs> yeah, that'd be You'd never be able you. to go outside. Yeah. You'd like never get sunlight. Like it sounds, yeah. I don't think you could live like more miserably than yeah. being like a Martian colonist. Yeah, like I complain about the fog here in San Francisco, but it's still <laughs> a bit better than, than with Mars. So, okay, but uh, okay, but in terms of world population, so also I think uh, none of this discussion about climate change, we're really talking about affecting like the world population because it's probably going to I think get to nine, ten billion by twenty one hundred, and um, we're already at nine, right, or eight billion. Oh, really? We hit eight billion. Nice. I'm pretty sure we hate hit nine or something. Yeah, more people. No, not nine. Definitely not nine. We're close. But, uh, I think we're close. Wow. Sure. Okay. So. Uh, but so we're not. Uh, 
we're not really telling people to. Oh, 7.7. 7. 7. 7. Excuse okay. me. So I think seven point nine billion people twenty twenty two, all right. So we're let's call it eight. Okay, I'm gonna find a round up to eight billion. Uh, current world population. Nice. Okay. So oh, and it's still counting. Great. Very great. More people. Live. Yay! More people. So it's crazy that everyone alive was like born at one point, but. uh, How is that crazy? (laughs) It's crazy to think about like the scale. Isn't that how being alive works? You have to be born. That's true. Yeah, for for people. Yeah, but. Yeah. So I guess the the human population, right, is call, call it like ten billion at, at twenty one hundred. So we're we're not really talking about controlling that mm-hmm. one way or the other because we're not going to yeah, not going to like tell people to go jump in the lake if there's too many people or or whatever. <laughs> so uh, no, we're not. And so the question is like, will will life in twenty one hundred be uh can 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 it be a a good life for for ten billion people? And I think absolutely yes, especially given the level of economic development that will that will reach. It'll be this like wonderful place where uh almost you know most people will be able to live at basically like the standard of living that we are or, or even better so how will they do that sustainably if we already can't do it sustainably right now um so i think nuclear power will be a, a huge part of that so that that's technology that we basically already have and will get better probably in the next uh oh eight years it's a very good technology and and we should have been using it for the past few decades but yeah. again it's a failure on the institutions to use that technology um, and also right. i mean that's true that's true there's um there's uh there are people in power that profit from that not being our main source of energy okay so you're seeing this world where like we just stay on fossil fuels until 2100 or stuff like that because the institutions do not adapt I'm totally on board with institutions not adapting. <laughs> Seems uh, like it's happening. Like the fact, the fact that like, I mean, the amount of regu- so so, nuclear power is awesome. Is 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 my opinion just for like context. Uh, for oh yeah, completely. Yeah, agree. and, and uh, so it's it's the safest form of energy. It's it's the cheapest clean energy. Um, it's it's fantastically energy dense. It should be what the world is right. Now. So we don't. Uh, here's a. I love this analogy. I heard it recently. I forgot where. Um, but. Imagine if in the early uh, era of human flight that after a few catastrophic disasters, we decided, yeah, we shouldn't do this. Planes are too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine? That's effectively what we've done with nuclear energy. Like Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, all these other disasters. Yeah have scared so many people away from the technology it's in entirety. Like, imagine a world with no air travel. Mm-hmm. We're living in an equivalently, like, undeveloped timeline because we actually went down that road of saying, yeah, nuclear energy is too dangerous. We shouldn't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And uh, so, like in in the U.S., right, it's incredibly hard to build a nuclear power plant. They're 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 closing a lot of them down and building coal plants instead, which is about as uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, and there's a crazy amount of regulation for developing any new any new plants. So this is something that we have the technology there to do, but it is just illegal. So that uh, yeah. So so that really makes me on board with this whole institutions not adapting to solve obvious problems, which. Okay, like I guess uh, pointing out on that, but it is at least I guess possible to 
scale this technology. It is possible. Yeah, but but yeah. it has been possible for a while. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I guess it's. Yeah. That's right. That. So. So the other. Um, another possibility is, is that there's some other form of energy that's that developed. Maybe, maybe nuclear fusion. Maybe just, uh, like, super you know fission that's like even better somehow. Or, uh, maybe like energy storage that that gets really really good for for wind and solar, but. For further development in uh, renewables, like pushes down the price that's actually uh, cheaper and better than than fossil fuels, and then that just like takes over instantly. But uh, but I guess fossil fuels could also just reduce in price at the same time. So maybe, maybe that's uh, a tough sell. But but if it did become economically worth it to do clean energy, it could instantly take over. And like the analogy is, you know, like eighteen hundreds. What were they using for all their lamps? They're using a using whale oil right mm-hmm. and what happened did government say hey guys we should like save the whales let's not fish whale oil no that never would have worked right and they wouldn't have even probably said that and didn't say that but oh they found out oh wait we can just dig in the ground and we get oil uh and it's even better than from the hunting these like whales uh all over the place and don't even have to like read overly boring nonsense books about it but so uh and so instantly because it made economic sense like the, the the transformation w- was made and, and i see that as probably what's going to happen long term with climate change is that so hasn't nuclear already like been making yeah, economic yeah, sense yeah okay so again it's like a the fault of the political institutions yeah so i mean hopefully i As guess the people i mean yeah the general most americans are afraid of nuclear and whenever uh, the opportunity to vote for it comes up most people yeah. vote against it so like I do want to blame large institutions for most of this uh-huh. issue, but not all of it. And also point out, like, also a lot of environmental groups, the like Kafka, like Sunrise Movement, are are very against nuclear power, which makes about as much sense as, uh, you know, something that doesn't make sense. I've tried to like come up with an analogy on the spot for that same thing twice, and it does not well, work. It time. doesn't make. It makes some sense. Uh renewable energy so hydro wind and solar is good enough that with enough of it you wouldn't need nuclear and there are still issues with nuclear like what do you do with the waste yeah um so and in the u.s it takes so long to it takes on average like 12 years from planning to operation to start a nuclear power plant because all the regulation yeah, because of all the regulations. So, uh, the people who, the environmentalists who say, yeah, let's not do nuclear and do renewable instead, um, I don't disagree with them at all. Yeah, so um, renewables, uh, specific, or specifically like wind and solar, um, I would actually uh, prefer nuclear power because, does this thing record when it's locked? I think it does. I think it does. But let's, let's find out. Damn, 47 minutes. Yeah, dude, we're, we're going strong here. Yeah, we're... Dude, I okay, wanted awesome. to, like, uh, talk right. about a non-climate change topic. Oh, you wanted to, you wanted to switch? <laughs> I mean, if that's... Okay. We can after you say what you wanted to say. I don't really want to switch. Okay, let's not switch here. Damn. Yeah. But uh, you're, you're <laughs> also like, how change my mind a little... Okay, we can, we can, we can move to... We, Changing your mind, how? Like, just being more pessimistic about institutions being able to, like, like this whole, the, the whole, like, the fact that 
nuclear power is like illegal, right? We're shooting ourselves in the foot like that mm-hmm. much. It is, or or the side like I would consider that like Bangladesh would just not build dams. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like too incompetent and like okay, like you know, agree about like governments being incompetent to the yeah. to unbelievable levels. So, um, I mean, I fundamentally, my point is like the attitude of growth for the sake of growth is what got us here in the first place and the attitude that techno technological innovation will save us is not guaranteed um and the fact that the most qualified scientists and experts on this topic are just are relying on ba- on science fiction technology carbon capture um to achieve a sustainable future uh is really scary to me <laughs> you know so so i guess back to the so uh carbon capture you see is just never happening i don't see it as never happening but um i i just don't see it becoming financially feasible on the scale we need it to be yeah also so Oh, one other broad point about uh, climate change is that these, I think, uh, this is fine, blue lock, okay. These kind of, when we're talking about 2100, um, 80 years from now, that's a lot of time for technological progress that we can't even imagine. So we think of 80 years in the past is uh, quick, quick, 1940, 1940, yeah. 1940. So like, you know, all the technological progress that's happened since 1940. Uh, how yeah. much like realistically how much technological progress is that's a good point so there was you know great stagnation we had cars we had planes uh, yep. we had nuclear yep. power yeah we had computers had a lot of nuclear power yeah so what what has the technological innovation been since then yeah it's a, yeah it's a great point and like tyler cowan has this book like the great stagnation talking about hey like we kind of haven't actually developed a ton since like the 60s 70s but uh mm. yeah so like uh i guess internet but so but but it is a lot of time to figure out these problems and if there are these this big and pressing and, and it's it's slowly growing in in bigness and pressingness then the urgency will as the temperature rises the ur- urgency will develop to to come up with technological solutions which which are are possible i think um so i think we will overshoot end up with like four degrees warming by 2100 a little more maybe uh It'll Probably like, more. Yeah. I would put money on okay. it. Okay. <laughs> It'll like kind of suck. There'll be some, some downsides. <laughs> it won't be, it won't be this, uh, it, it's not going to be like everyone's going to die. Uh, and then we will have like smart ways of, of fixing it or different sources of energy and, uh, solutions to, to, so, so, so I, 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 um, maybe we can figure out carbon capture maybe not <laughs> but uh or, or we'll need to i hope we do it's just uh yeah not looking so yeah good. it's like not not a very uh necessarily scalable thing at this point um uh, yeah there's... don't confuse my pessimism for like yeah. not wanting to try yeah, yeah, yeah i okay, absolutely okay, okay. do like okay. I don't think there's a cause I care more about. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's the, really the more you learn about this, you realize how like uh-huh. every aspect of the world and the economy and society is so inherently unsustainable. Like car yeah. culture. The yeah, fact it, that it, everyone has their own not car. Not everyone's got their own car. Everyone has to drive. 
I don't have a car, and I love it, but... Yeah, I mean, I wish we had more public transport everywhere and cities were more walkable, but um, we don't. And why is that the case? Uh, Zoning? Oh, the the topic that always comes up? I mean... (laughs) Single-family zoning? (laughs) Zoning, car companies lobbying uh, in the early 20th century to get rid of public transport so that people would buy cars. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... A failure of institutions is like fundamentally what what uh led us here, yeah, and it's just been that for uh over a hundred years. I don't see it changing, and uh, yeah, I don't see us voting into power people who care enough to like do what's required, yeah, I agree on all that, and completely agree on institutions being dumb and not and uh not addressing our problems um I do think that life has gotten a ton, ton better in the past hundred years, uh, mostly because of economic development, people making, making individual decisions, uh, you know, capitalism, basically. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying life hasn't gotten better. Yep. It absolutely has. But, it's but it has at the expense of the environment. And yep. that's what unsustainability means. Uh-huh. And it's going to cause these like long-term effects that are... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's... That's all true, I guess I just... Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true, like, with these externalities, and we know that about, like, free markets, right? Um, so we, we, like, do have these externalities. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm agreeing with, like, basically all that you're saying. I just don't think it's going to be necessarily so bad compared to, like, how good the upside of, like, the development is. But, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. But, again, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think that most of the pain and issues that you and I will see in the future Mm -hmm. will be um, secondary causes because of climate change like conflict because of mass migration um, higher scarcity I mean how many people our age like dream of owning a house one day and know they'll never be able to a lot. That's separate from climate change, though, right? Yeah, but it's an example of scarcity. Resource scarcity. That's just kind of like... I see that as sort of a artificially imposed scarcity by, like, dumb regulation, like, such as single-family zoning and all that. Okay, yeah. seems to always come up with these podcasts. <laughs> but, you know, just top, top Yeah, because it's that bad for everything. Yeah. So... Also, only the second podcast, so you got to keep that up, you know? <laughs> Oh, it will. And, yeah, and I think this, like... <laughs> But yeah, this definitely is convincing me right about like who's your next guest. Uh, well, well, the everyone will see. What do you think? Time. Uh, let's Elon yeah. Musk. Austin and I need to have one just like shit on Yellowstone National Park. Uh, don't think Elon Musk would come on. I don't know if I'd want him on. What about um, Ian Horswell? Maple. Ian Horswell probably not. <laughs> Dude, he could. Uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I guess he's cool, but I don't really know what I. Joe think- Biden. You think you could get on? I'm just thinking, like, who are my friends who I talk to who, like, have interesting stuff to say about stuff? And then we can, like, hash it out. But, I mean, Terry, um... Cruz? No, this is my, like, friend's friend's girlfriend. Okay. She, like, she works at the dispensary and had a bunch of, like, interesting stuff about, like, me. Oh, interesting. To talk about, so that could be That could be a good podcast. Uh, I don't know. Who else could I... What's a talk... I mean... It could be cool to talk about, like, Grady with his, career and that kind of thing. That could be good. Yeah, I mean, Grady would be a good CS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mira good. could be good, like, medically. 
Yeah, could be could be interesting. I don't know. People are probably sick of hearing about COVID though. I know I am. I can I never get sick of hearing about COVID. <laughs> Just more and more interesting. Yeah. Um or you could have a group podcast, have two guests. I feel like that's just, like, too much. Then, like, I wouldn't get to talk as much. And the whole, that's, like, devise a little bit of right? <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> not, actually not. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. You could, um, yeah, I don't know. Co-workers. No, Jeff no, Bezos. Good. Jeff Bezos, probably not. Probably not uh, coming on. Bummer. Okay, so I think, okay, do you want to, but... So what do you want to do? Do you want to keep going or switch Let's topics? Let's change topics. Okay, okay. So we're on this topic. Too sad. Uh, okay, but I will recommend like, yeah. So I guess it's very broad, very large topic to talk about. Uh, I hope I gave part of my position clearly. Andre definitely convinced me on some of these points about institutions being incredibly dumb. And that could be more worrying even if it is technologically possible to make the change. I would recommend um, checking out like Bjorn Lomborg's uh, books about some of this stuff if uh yeah yeah just just like get get that side of it because a lot of people like don't know about it and then yeah so thanks for like talking about this or we don't just end it we have uh two and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> come on all right so okay what's the topic now <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah psychedelics no 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 technology ai that's oh, the solution. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to? Okay, we we'll also invent AI and then it'll so, tell us what to do and that'll yeah. solve climate change. So Andre was. That's how we come up with carbon capture. AI invents it for us. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. Andre was the the only listener of our our last podcast last episode. <laughs> sure. And and, and uh, <laughs> he had a point of disagreement about doing Twitter around like you disagreed about oh, like well, two AI taking our jobs. I yeah. thought just in general, I thought you guys were way too critical. On self-driving cars. <laughs> yeah, the entire like, podcast. You guys yeah. act like it doesn't exist at all. Yeah, When Waymo is driving people around driverless. Oh, really? In multiple cities in this country. Oh, okay. So, there's one. Okay. And then the other was, um, oh, AI taking everyone's jobs. You yeah. guys said, oh, it, it won't be a problem because people innovate and technology creates new jobs for people mm-hmm. like all the people that lost their jobs because cars took their yeah uh, horse related jobs yeah. away yeah ended up being fine i think the difference with that is like so many people in this country rely on low skill low paying jobs mm-hmm. like uh like operating cash registers yeah uh that AI will take. And I believe at this point, it's like half of the, or 40 to 50% of people in the country work those types of jobs. So if AI takes all of those, where are they going to go? And in your last podcast, you guys said, um, like, uh, we still need tons of plumbers and like skilled trades, yeah. which is absolutely right. But you confuse low skill low-paying jobs with high-skilled trades that require education. Like, yeah, a plumber, becoming a plumber, like, you need to go to school and you need experience. You, ideally, you'd apprentice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Those, but, those were my two 
insights or, or thoughts from your last podcast. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, that's a good point. So, yeah, great point on the, like, plumber. Uh, so, I would say, yeah, I agree that plumber is, is higher skill. So, I guess the point was, like, because truckers is just more of, like, allegedly higher paying. And so, it's mm-hmm. like, what can you do that's – so, the point is more, like, you can do other stuff that's high paying for – I guess it does take some ed- education. Um, but – in terms of total low skill operating cash register service jobs, um, being a server, uh, bartender, uh, you know, those uh, I think are not going to get replaced by AI. That's you don't because, think so? Uh, be, being a like a, a server at a restaurant or like barista, definitely not. True. Okay, but what about when you go to McDonald's and like you do your order on a touchscreen? <laughs> yeah. So I think all like that kind of technology like definitely exists, and yeah. uh, depending on market conditions, like could be balanced with uh, having actual actual people but uh yeah you know so u.s economy is basically uh knowledge work and service sector Mm -hmm. and the service sector largely requires like people doing tasks in the the real world for other people in ways that uh you know the last podcast we talked about how hard it is to make real humanoid robots and would we even want that anyway when you're you know getting your you know it's kind of nice to interact with another person that's kind of the point for a lot of it so uh so yeah, what I, if I, the humanoid robots were sentient? Uh, I mean, maybe, but yeah, that stuff's. But but so I I don't, I don't see that affecting uh affecting like job, don't don't reject. Oh, it's almost over. You should chime in. Yeah, we're chime we're in. a minute over, so we're just doing it for fun at this point. Jake, what are your thoughts? On what, what are you thinking right now? What are you thinking? Yeah. Well, I'm holding a bunch of cardboard because I just made a hamper out of uh, oh, an old box. My, nice, my ex-girlfriends, nice. of all things, she chose to steal my hamper. Mentioning oh, the ex on oh, the podcast, that's the it. first mention. This should be, Jake should be your next guest. Whoa, 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 I won't talk about? about her a single time. That's uh, <laughs> it's the last uh, okay. last mention. Of Thoughts that. on um, general AI taking jobs? General AI taking jobs? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question because I feel like AI could have the ability to create jobs in the same way that it also has the ability to take away jobs, and it's so hard to speculate on something like that. True. But what kind of jobs could it create? If general AI is really what I assume we're thinking it to be. Certainly, if it becomes uh, intelligent in a way where it can create AI, mm-hmm. then I think AI ceases to create jobs. That's when yeah. things become downright scary. And then at that point, the argument is less about job creation and more about, you know, what is humanity going to do? <laughs> do what are we going to do to yeah. save ourselves? Yeah, I mean, if AI can do everything for us, all humans would really have left to do is creative work, right? Yeah, but I just see that, that kind of thing. With- Oops. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that happened last time. It couldn't be. It's fine. It's fine. Oh no, no, no. Uh, so, so like, yeah, I do think that. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, with the, like AGI, if if we get to that, could definitely uh, cause a lot of changes. But I think in the any kind of near term, um, before that, which is probably a very long time away, then it's, it, I don't think it'll cause what the, it, the job. Yeah. How long near away? term? It's not happening. How long away for uh, AGI? Oh god. Okay, so or is it even possible? Like, could we have specialized AI and tons of things, but not have general AI? Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely possible because, like, if you, you know, the human brain is there. So but we don't know computer. how the human brain works. Right, yeah. So I think, but I think it's very, very long way away, possibly a century or more, right? Because, At least two yeah. years. 
At least two years away, yes. That's, I definitely agree with that. So uh, I don't see it as any sort of thing to be worried about. I'm certainly not worried. Yeah. About, uh, Especially... you are going at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Especially with respect to, like, job or labor force participation. I don't see it as a... Yeah, as, as it were, we're, we're much more about other economic conditions, but mm-hmm. not, uh, not AI. Yeah, the key, the key the about AI these days is that it requires so much data. Either that or strict rules. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have strict rules yeah. or a ton of data to learn from, then AI can't really learn much. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it creates a lot of jobs in the data space for now. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, sure. it might... Uh, might remove some uh, of the, you know, so-called less maybe skilled jobs, but I don't like to refer to them that way, mm-hmm. even though I just did. <laughs> nice guy over here. Yeah, no, I, I have the same issue, but that's what everyone calls them. So, I mean, what's a good word? Low-skilled jobs? Yeah, what's a, instead of low-skill? Low-skill? Because low I've worked low-skill like jobs, and they're, they're very difficult. Oh, yeah. But... I mean, Scale like and difficulty are two different things. Low education jobs. Ooh. Low credential jobs. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what it really is. <laughs> Perhaps just blue collar, white collar is the yeah. best yeah. way to go about. Okay, but so you're on board overall with like AI not taking our jobs? No, I think it's going to take all our jobs. Like at what? By what year? I couldn't tell. I don't know. Like eventually, like long, long term. I don't know about this space enough. Long term, I mean, if we create like true hyper intelligent general AI. But I'm talking more like short term, like near term. So let me leave you with this question. (laughs) Let's say say that the creation of AI that is actually so smart that humans don't have to work does not immediately induce Armageddon for humanity. Mm -hmm. What will we do with our time? Mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, like whatever. But... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just enjoy the the fruits of the AI's labor while we can. Uh huh. Yeah. Implement UBI if we have benevolent leaders, or all get massacred if we don't. Probably. Uh, I mean, yeah. someone. There are gonna be people who own the AI who can do everything for them. Uh, yeah, maybe, Do you like, need help moving stuff? Oh, no, I'm good to go. All right. <laughs> We're just moving into this new apartment. Okay, so, like... Very nice apartment, by the way. <laughs> Everyone nice. go into software engineering. It's a good gig. Oh, my God. Okay, so, uh... <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so... Yeah, I think I agree that, like, weird stuff uh, will happen with society, possibly, maybe, when, when we get a conscious, like, AI, that, that'll be that'll be weird. Um, but I guess Austin and I were more sort of drilling down on, like, well, almost like Andrew Yang campaign, like we need to give UBI right now because AI is about to hear jobs as like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, mm, that's a good point. I mean, the Andrew Yang did somewhat justify UBI now because like all these big tech companies profit uh, so much off of the data that we give it for free and we don't get anything oh, other than access to their platforms for providing that data. And he talked about UBI as being somewhat like a a repayment for providing our data to these companies. Uh, okay, so for example, like Facebook, like takes your, they find out data about you, and then they're allowed to target ads. 
yeah. uh, at you, and then and they would, they have to pay to use your data. But don't you don't you um, consensually agree to have them collect data on you when you use the service? You do, but who reads those? Reads oh reads who the terms reads of the agreement? terms of conditions. I mean, yeah, no one is, but no one does. Like, but everyone knows that they're. Everyone knows that's happening, right? It's not some, like, secret that Facebook is using yeah. data to target ads. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree that, like, technically everyone, like, no one's doing anything wrong or illegal. Yeah. But the point of, like, creating new laws is to level the playing field, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. And that's what Yang wanted to do with UBI. Like, there is enormous stratification between... um tech and non-tech and like how successful so many people are yeah so there's there's large like inequality in yeah. our society I'm trying to keep this a non-political podcast but you know it's yeah i am too it's really hard <laughs> okay but so i can just i think you can infer like my political leanings from my climate yeah stuff but so we can get so um in terms of inequality so the u.s does have a uh, very large inequality uh, i forget what the gini is in the gini coefficient around like 0.5 or something but I'm not sure. once we use wealth inequality, yeah. Uh-huh. But then after you take into account um, taxes and transfers, such as Social Security, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, yeah. et cetera, then, then it goes down to uh, 0.3 ish, which is sort of on par with a lot of Europe. Um, and then, uh, and so that's purely in terms of um, income and wealth, which are, uh, but because we also have people who have very large numbers of income um, because of their like successful com- companies and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at our, in terms of consumption, like Tyler Cowan makes this point, like the, the lifestyles we're able to lead, right? Like, you know, we have the same computer as Bill Gates, uh, basically. Like it's... Yeah, but I don't own a house or a car. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't raise a family. I mean, you know, yeah. How many... Modern American households can comfortably live off of one income anymore. Most yeah, can't, not, not right? Many, yeah. And that, I mean, wasn't that the American dream? Yeah. Like, they, have they one parent working, the other one stay and raise the kids. and Yeah. And you have a house and a car and you have a comfortable nuclear family. That yeah. doesn't really happen anymore. Um, off of one income because yeah, you know, so you have like both parents required income now. Work. Now it's more typical that both parents work and and they pay for uh, childcare. Um. Oh, is that is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. But so. I mean, I think I saw a statistic that um only eighteen percent of American households are nuclear families. What? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Oh, but that's a household. So, like, would this, like, apartment be considered a household? The, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, well, what? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this isn't a nuclear family. Okay, I understand. Interesting. But that, that's still crazy. Yeah. Fewer than one in five people, or fewer than one in five households are nuclear. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty crazy. See, they're, they're out to stop everything nuclear. <laughs> no nuclear. Yeah, energy, exactly. No nuclear what is wrong with this? What is wrong with these people? Uh, and so, what what are these main, like, costs that are so high that, like, now both parents have to work rather than one parent? Well, I mean, the big one is housing, right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone complains about, I'll never be able to afford a house, or... I mean, we live in the Bay Area, so it's particularly bad, yeah. but mm-hmm. most people can't afford to own where they live, so they rent. 
um, car. You have to have a car to live and and move around in this country. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. Education is hugely expensive. I mean, going to Northwestern for four years with no aid, that's what, $300,000 now? Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty typical college tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, preschool. I mean, just everything's so expensive. Um, and income and wages haven't really grown all that much since the 70s. Yeah. Um, while the price of everything has continued to go up. So. I see. So, like, real uh, real wages have not grown a ton since the 70s as, as prices of other things have, have increased. And yeah. we also see in certain areas, especially a lot of cities, we see because of, like, um, maybe for, for context, right? So housing prices are, are, are very high, and, like, many people are rent burdened, paying, like, over 30% of their income on on rents or housing mm-hmm. and it's not like we ran out of uh basically there, there's there's a ton of rules and regulations like making it illegal to build more housing supply so if the supply is constrained but as demand just sort of continues to increase slightly you'll get uh or a lot you get much rising prices so like for example san francisco uh you know half the city is just these like cute little two-story victorians well that's all great but well yeah. you know you're paying thousands of dollars for yeah. a rent and yeah. if you could not knock all those down and then just build a ton of skyscrapers, uh, you could have a lot more housing for, for a lot more people. But it just you get the, you know, it's called like NIMBYs, NIMBYism. Who yeah, say, no, this is a very unpopular opinion, but yeah. it's, it's I think it's good that there are NIMBYs. Okay, pro-NIMBY, okay, here we go. Because it's pretty. Yeah, like if if we were to tear down all of these, uh, I mean, what is this, two stories? Yeah. If I mean most of North, of uh, San Francisco, is like two or three story buildings, yeah. right? If you were to tear all that down and build, uh, tall apartment buildings, it would just be like every other city. Like, San Francisco mm-hmm. is so unique and special to me, and that's why I love it, and that's why I want to live here. What if we just did it for like part of the city though? Like, just take uh, I don't know. Yeah, we have Hayes the Valley. financial district. But like, do it like do like another part, right? Take like Hayes yeah, Valley. okay, and then do another part, and then do another part, like, and then all you have argument. left is like one part. But but what 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 about just like one more? Or they got one, but would you be fine with a little more? Are you worried about more uh, people or like? I'm pro- like on this topic. I'm probably way way more conservative than most people okay like i personally hate the salesforce building right because it like it's so much bigger than everything else on the skyline and to me it like Not symbolizes of... the death of old like artistic hippie san francisco uh-huh. yeah. turning into big tech san francisco okay i see and like that's what it symbolizes to me. Yeah. So yeah. Versus like me, like I've only lived in the city for a few months, so I'm like, oh, this is all great. Yeah, I was born with. here, so I'm yeah. very biased. So if you like live here and from here, everyone I've met like that is like, yeah, I hate the Salesforce Tower. It's like the change, the city, and all yeah. that. But which it's not even that it's that ugly. It's just what it symbolizes. Yeah. Very interesting. big tech. Very interesting. Yeah, but I guess if you're like in and part of it, it's like, wow, this is super cool, but. Um, yeah, I mean it's a cool looking building and like the light up projection <laughs> stuff at the tall is cool, but yeah, it's I mean, this it's, giant, it's like way it's uh this disproportionately large 
penis-shaped <laughs> building that ruins the skyline. Like, the last tallest thing was the Transamerica Pyramid building, yeah. right? And that's, like, two-thirds as tall. Uh-huh. Like, the Salesforce Tower is so much taller. Uh-huh, yeah. So it just looks disproportionate to me. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so so when... Um, right, so there's change and aesthetic change to, to like, the skyline and, and to the... Yeah, so, there's like, basically that's the whole point of, like, Nimbyism is that it's kind of, like, slightly negatively impacting homeowners at with large positive... How is it negatively impacting homeowners? Just, like, if... Doesn't it increase their property value knowing, like... We can't like this because of these NIMBY laws. We can't repurpose this land to be economically more efficient. So so uh, so isn't it good for the owners? N- NIMBY, uh, I'm confused, but I, I, NIMBY is good for owners because yeah. it restricts uh, supply, kind of like a cartel. Mm-hmm. So the the prices go up and stay up, right? So if you yeah. own a house in San Francisco, wow, your property value is going up and up and up and up as demand goes. Versus more it went of, down a lot during COVID, right? Yeah. Like, we should buy man. something. <laughs> we should, should Want to go halvesies? Uh, I don't think I'm quite. painted I'm lady. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not quite. But, uh, so, so, like, but if we're a more uh, free housing market, then they could also build more housing to, to make up for that, and then the prices would stay more reasonable. Um, but that is not the case here or in other major American cities. Okay, they, but, yeah, that's a good point. Other major American cities mm-hmm. all have the same... Issues with New, housing costs, New York, and LA, they yeah. don't have NIMBY laws. No, they as do as much. They as do, we do here. They do NIMBY laws, but not to the extent that San Francisco does. San Francisco is the worst. Yes, and has the highest. Okay, price. but you say San Francisco is the worst. Yeah. All of these cities have this terrible issue of housing affordability, but San Francisco gets to keep all of its beautiful, like little historic buildings. I mean, I so mean, what is like? What's the downside, right? Oh, like the downside of, of NIMBY? In San Francisco. Because all these other cities... They also have NIMBY? They do. and yeah. Or uh, they don't uh, to the extent that San Francisco does. But they're less pretty awesome places. Yeah, live. exactly. They're less... Yeah. yeah. No, I was like but kind of does agree. Does that make sense? It does, it does make sense. Okay, that do, didn't come I, out properly. I do kind of agree that like San Francisco is amazing. Um, I, I, I question... I, I wonder if there would be ways to build more housing while, like, uh, with, without, like, sacrificing it. Like, I don't know. Like, if you just took, like, Hayes Valley. Like, Hayes Valley is cool, but mm-hmm. you could, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, like, Sunset. Like, I don't know if you just kind of, like, built yeah, that up. Yeah, Sunset is just a lot of, like, single-family yeah, homes like, and not much going on. And there's a lot you can do, like, if you, you... There's a lot you can do to increase housing density without necessarily... Like, it's not... It's, it's not between what we have now and just building a shitload of size skyscrapers everywhere. Like there's, yeah. there's some sort of intermediate you could do, but build underground. <laughs> yeah, but maybe not. But I not. I'd also probably be down for the skyscrapers thing. Like I don't know. I think San Francisco. Like part of the reason it's cool is because all like the cool views and stuff. And True. You don't need Victorians over the entire city. You can just have like sections of it, or just like painted ladies and like. I'd also yeah, probably prefer to live in like a, like apartment building over like. You would to prefer to live in an apartment building yeah. than right here? Uh, I mean, this place is pretty cool, too. Okay, but... see, and this place is, like, most of what San Francisco is. Yeah, but I would prefer to have the apartment building option and also prefer to pay lower rent as whatever else. So, And also, um, 
another thing is, is just like uh, diversity or like inclusion for, for the city. So if, you know, right now, like housing is just so unaffordable that, yeah you know, well, why is this city totally filled with like tech people, right? Because it's only... They're the only people that can afford it. Yeah. So just have uh, a more like, you know, like just a more inclusive city for... Like, then wouldn't the tech workers just buy everything that's cheap and um, become the landlords of everything? I mean, so it's... it's Yeah, so th- that is one question with, with him. He's like, how much would prices really go down or would it, would it really just fill with more tech people? But, so there's another another benefit is of just increased productivity because right now there's a lot of people who would be able to live in San Francisco or Bay Area and be very... Like, do awesome in, 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 their, in their jobs, like maybe tech or whatever, but just can't because there's literally just not enough housing to live here aren't <laughs> those very... people doing awesome at their jobs elsewhere um but but like people who would move if they could oh. to a higher productivity job here true and, and, and do better so, so there's a lot of lost productivity um in terms of just from like housing restrictions so true yeah true 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 hmm. cool i think we've exhausted okay are we our good? topics we'll call it? have we should yeah, we call it? What, how right. long is it? Good. Uh, let's see. So we have hour 20 for this one plus like 14 oh, for the other one. Okay. Hour and a half. All right. Not bad. All right. Peace out. All right.